Blog Talk Radio. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. One slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. One slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's the heavy-handed edition, y'all. It's the Relatively Black and Fat Podcast Network. But like I said, it's the heavy-handed edition. And it's your boy, Heavy-Handed Jay, all day. Back on demand, green eggs and ham. Heavy-Handed Jay, man, we're going to talk some of this LeVar versus Lonzo is what I called it. That's inflammatory. (laughs) <laughs> to say the least, LeVar versus Lonzo. That's what I titled this thing. Big trouble for the big baller brand. And we're going to break down some of this NFL trade talk. But uh, a returning guest, I got nothing but rave reviews on this guy. Now, when I listened back to the shit, you know, I was like, man, this guy is like a Israel Gutierrez or something. You know, he's... He sounds like the real goddamn deal, you know what I mean? And I'm, you know, you know, I'm like this guy is really good. I'm trying to give by myself a little time here to cue up a little sound, but I can't find it, man. I cannot find it. Uh, can't find it. Anyhow, I want to bring on my boy Jonathan. Did amazingly last week with you guys were uh, joint the talks about um, we did a pod on AB and the Raiders. Big time Raider fan. Thought it's only one way to do it. Because this is for the Jonathan, what's up, baby? What's going on, Jay? How's everyone How doing, doing tonight? Good man, uh, can't, my, complain, am, can't complain. Am I coming through clear? Oh, loud and clear. Can you hear me? For sure, for sure, for sure. But man, what's Great. going on though, brother? How you doing tonight, man? I know you have this man's a hardworking man, everybody. Uh, family man, somebody I really uh you know look for advice for and many things. Uh, got multiple job, multiple hustles. One of these uh, re- Renaissance men type of guys out here. So, so what's cracking with you tonight, bro? You out there hustling? No, well, I mean, I, I actually, uh, actually, I had a, I wanted to make sure I got my uh, rearrange my schedule, you know, just to make sure that you know I had some availability. So I have like, you know, so I could always have the availability, you know, to tune into your show. Oh man, appreciate that. Appreciate that. That's that's very considerate of you. But uh yeah, man, we're gonna talk a little bit of this uh big baller. We're gonna talk a little bit of we definitely gonna get into some NFL breaking down. But uh up first, you know, I feel like we should go ahead and get a little bit into the Lavar versus Lonzo big baller big baller brand trouble. So what's came out is that there's been some funny money business. There's been some money, funny money going on with what seems to be one of LeVar's friends. Now, here's the thing about it. It seems like LeVar friend has a criminal record of some funny money business. Now, 
Now, Jonathan, that's kind of the gist of what I kind of know. You you got anything, to, some more facts to add to that thing? Yeah, well, you know, Ramona Shelburne is the one that actually released uh, the story uh, today. And, and, and it seems like from when reading her article, it seems like these uh, this has been going on for some time, you know. And there even, you know, there's even talks of the big baller brand actually folding. You know, because of all this, because of everything that's going on, and and you know, and I know that uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, today said something to the extent that I guess he used the word estranged. You know, between Lonzo and you know his brothers and Lavar, uh, Ramona Ramona was mentioning today on Mason and Ireland that that doesn't seem like it's necessarily the case. It, it seems that. Um, it's more of Lonzo telling his uh, telling Big Baller friend, well, you know, in in reality, telling his father, you know, listen, if if, if this is the way business was was going down, or if this is the way uh, business was operating, then I'm out. I'm gonna pull out, and I'm gonna do my own thing. So, basically, what was happening with the, with with the with the business was that. LeVar pretty much entrusted the business over to this gentleman named Alan Foster, which he pretty much managed the entire business, you know, from advertising to websites to uh, actually how everything, how everything got done. And it seems like, like you mentioned earlier, that this, this gentleman was involved in a lot of illegal money laundry, you know, a few, many, many, many years ago, which, uh, caused him to do seven years in prison for that. So he was found guilty of the money laundering and the shady business that he was doing. And it seems that this is where that uh, I know that there's a lot of ESPN articles or a lot of articles out there that uh, Lonzo and Big Baller Brand were uh, pretty much embezzled for about $1.5 million. So there's a, wow. there's a lot of... There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of twists and turns to this plot twist, and you know, just so that uh, just so that we can get you know a little bit more uh, a little bit more opinion on the situation. But it kind of seems like this guy really took off after. I mean, I'm sure you knew right that uh, his wife had a stroke. You know, some time ago. I think it was around the time that Lonzo uh, was in UCLA, and you know, Tina had a stroke. So this was the time that I guess LeVar went to go be uh, a husband and more of the face of the big baller brand, if that makes sense, versus I, I know that LeVar pretty much gave the impression that he ran the business, but in reality it was this guy, Alan Foster. But the the thing of it is that, you know, while LeVar was still the face of the big baller brand, he was more being a husband and taking care of his wife during the time of the stroke. So all this stuff started really going down uh, after he completely took over the business, because at that point, LeVar kind of, you know, needed to take care of his family. So this guy was almost like, uh, don't worry about it. You know, I'll handle the ship, you know, I'll steer the ship and, you know, we'll make sure that everything goes according to plan. And this is where we are now. So one thing you said that I wanted to address was the Stephen A comment about their relationship now being estranged. Is that an implication that saying that LeVar, Ronzo, and LaMelo, and whatever, all the boys are not speaking to dad? Is that what we're implying? 
Well, not, well, from this is, and, and you know, and 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 understand that the Stephen A. Smith comment is, I, I'm I'm not quoting it off of its full context. I don't, I I didn't get to hear or read exactly what he said. You know, I'm just taking it for that one statement. So I don't know what in what in context he said, but from what Ramona Shelburne was reporting, that uh, that's not the case. That they are currently talking. And that there's a lot of dialogue going on between Lonzo and his family. It's just that at this point, you know, all he's telling his family is like, I'm not a part of the big baller brand. Mm. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily so, seem like it's a strange, according to uh, the reports that Ramona is reporting. But at least as of right now, you know, he, I mean, it depends on how you look at it, right? Because you can say, well, if he's not part of Big Baller Brand, then he's pretty much not a part of the family. But the thing is, is that the family, I, I, see, I don't know if you, I, I'm not sure, and, and it's in Ramona Shelburne's report, but the, the thing about the whole $1.5 million in cash that's pretty much, that's pretty much turned up missing uh, had, to, had a lot to do with the, with the $5 million home that was purchased by LeVar and their family maybe about about a year or so ago, you know, kind of after Lonzo did the whole signing bonus. And the funny thing about that is that it was pretty much flipped right away into a refinance. So that mm-hmm. so that one so that five million dollar home was pretty much two point five million of that money was turned around and put back into the business. Why? We're not necess- nobody necessarily knows why yet. I mean, there's really no reports as to how the money is being used in that particular sense. But Lonzo is definitely, definitely out of the Big Baller brand uh, label. I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. I don't like that shit. Here's the part I don't like. Is that because this seems to be have been a long-term relationship. This is one of them old school stories that, you know, a guy like me that comes, you know, this happens regularly in my community where, you know, it'll be one of your partners. He didn't went to jail. You know, you out doing good. Say you got a little, you know, a trucking business, whatever kind of business you got a janitorial lawn landscaping, whatever it is, your buddy comes home. Now your buddy wasn't a bad guy. He got on, you know, something happened and something happened and something happened. But he's not a bad guy. He comes home, does some time. He comes home, white-collar crime, not even blue. This guy did something with money, so he did fair time. So it's white-collar. Um, now you're on your feet. You got some ventures going. Your buddy's a smart guy. He did white-collar crime, for God's sake. Um, you say, hey. I'll help him out and he can help me out at the same time. And as a matter of fact, he's really good at what he does. So you throw your buddy a bone and that seems to be what, what happened here. LeVar doing his homeboy a solid man, you know, his boy from back in the day, you know, Alan Foster, what you said his name was. And, you know, turned around and backfired on him. Turn around. Is that what it seems like to you? It, it does, it does, but it seems like it goes a little bit, uh, a little bit more deeper than that because it seems like, like, like you said, right? He's he's a homeboy or or he was a friend that was that was there, but it kind of seems like you know Alan Foster was 
it, the, the way I the way I understand the relationship between Alan Foster and Lavar Ball is more like, let's say for example, you and I, right? You're Lavar Ball, I'm Alan Foster, and our uh, your daughter and my daughter are friends since they were in junior high. So it seems like Alan Foster's son, who who I I mean I can't I couldn't find his name, but his it looks like Alan Foster's son is a rapper, mm-hmm. and him and Lonzo have a cut together. Oh, they wow. actually have. They actually released a single together. So, from what I understand, is that they've been friends since he was in the seventh yeah. grade. Since they were in the seventh grade. So, so, and that's how Lavar and Alan Foster kind of got together. Ah. So, so it's not a. So, not so it's not like a. Yeah. So it's not a long. It's it's not like he's my buddy that I grew up with since we were kids. No, and and you know, and from from what people say, I mean, well, not what people, but from. What the reports are saying is that, you know, LeVar really didn't know about the money laundering or the, the jail time, you know. I mean, it'd be different if LeVar, if this was LeVar's friend since they were young, you know, then he would know, like you said, you know, well, I know my boy just came out of prison, you know, I know what's going on with that. But that doesn't seem like that's the case right now. This It almost seems like, I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess I'm I'm really, really stealing this from, from Steve Mason from Mason and Ireland, but I, it, it, it was kind of, it's kind of hard for me to swallow that LeVar Ball was a victim in this situation. But when you look at what, when you look at Ramona's article, I mean, it kind of seems like LeVar Ball was pretty much, he was duped. He was yeah, duped I, in, a, in a way. Oh yeah. There's a lot of fast talkers out there. A lot of fast talkers, man. And a lot of times, you know, it could be a person you think is relative to yourself. Somebody that looks like you a lot of times, but um, besides the point, though, look, I got a little little audio here, and this is basically Shannon Sharp's perspective. I feel it was pretty valid. Listen in. Lonzo Ball is done with Big Baller brand. ESPN reported this weekend that Lonzo cut ties with his father's company because of concerns with his dad's friend, Alan Foster, who is a part owner of the company. Ball said that Foster, quote, used his access to my business and personal finances to enrich himself. Lonzo is apparently missing about $1.5 million from his personal and business accounts and is pointing the finger at Foster. We're joined by FF1 NBA analyst Chris Broussard. Good morning. Good morning. I will start with Shannon here, though. What's your reaction to this story? Sad. I'm disappointed. Um, if these allegations are true, that someone in this normally family, someone that, that's close to you that you trust, although this is guy's not blood-related, but he's almost like family, um, he trusted him. Um, LeVar was supposed to be overlooking this also. But I believe LeVar spread himself too thin. Um, trying to you mean like overseeing it? Oh, overseeing oh, yeah, overseeing yeah, right, everything. Right, right. everything. You know, right. he's trying to get Jello into the NBA. He's yeah. trying to get LaMelo to a school. Yeah. He's got a water company. Right. He's trying to grow Big Baller. And <clears throat> while you're doing all this, there's someone ciphering, siphoning money from your elder son. Allegedly. <clears throat> Allegedly. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's just mm-hmm. sad that this is happening. Um, I'm glad Lonzo is starting to – it looks like he's starting to take ownership of his career. Sure I mean, if, if you take his Instagram post at, at face value, yep. he says, I'm a man now. I'm going to be my man. I'm moving in a different direction. It... So, Jonathan, two things in there, two things in there that really jumped out to me. Um, 
One, was there ever an aspect of this where, where LeVar just had too many different ventures going and couldn't pay attention to this? Is that is that um, a part of this? I mean, it, I I think it is a big part of it, but the but the thing, but the thing about it is that I I think people well, and you know, and I'm basically going off of like I said, I keep on saying, I keep repeating myself, but I mean, I I continue to go off of the Ramona Shelburne article, and it kind of seems like people are kind of pointing this too much as like, oh, it was a family friend, even though it is a family friend, but. It almost seems like, you know, this guy, Alan Foster, kind of looked at the situation and saw that, hey, you know what? That family is going somewhere. That family looks like there's there's potential. So, I mean, it it, it just it just because when you look at the, the big baller brand stakes, right, you know, when you look at the ownership of the big baller brand, it it mentions that Le, that Lonzo owned fifty one percent of Big Baller Brand. So this see there, there's a big misconception on Lavar's role in the Big Baller Brand because although he was front and center, he was the loudest one, he was the one promoting, but in reality he wasn't. It kind of seems like Alan Foster and Lavar Ball both owned about fifteen to sixteen percent of Big Baller Brand. And Lonzo, since he was the one that was the one that pretty much fronted the majority of the money, which is why everything was kind of coming to light. Because it seems like there was, uh, it's and you know, and I and I gotta I gotta really uh, do a little bit more research on it. But it kind of seems like Lonzo's personal manager, who was um, Darren Moore, you know, started raising questions like, "Hey, uh, you're missing money from this account." Hey, you're missing money from that account, and that's where it added up to the 1.5 million. So it kind of seems like this guy Alan Foster was strategically moving money around to kind of better himself, the way that clip mentioned, you know, on on FS1. But definite, but definitely, I think there's a big misconception as to Lavar's uh, ownership stake in the company that he started, and it has to, and it really, really dates back to that time where. Tina, his wife, you know, was ill, you know, because, and then at the same time, you know, he's also mentioning, you know, how uh, LaMelo was coming out. He, I think around that time, LaMelo was on his way, well, not LaMelo, LiAngelo. LiAngelo was on his way to UCLA, and then you got LaMelo, who was is being hyped up to be, you know, better than both of the two brothers combined. So, LeVar couldn't you know, handle, you know, it, it kind of seems like LeVar couldn't have a lot of his, his, uh, couldn't have, you know, he couldn't have all his hands in, in, he couldn't spread himself too, too far, you know, in order for him to, you know, be able to over, to oversee everything that was going on under the care of Alan Foster. So you think that was a, that was a part of it. Another thing Shannon mentioned in there that kind of stuck out to me and, I think I think actually is the the elephant in the room and is the conspiracy. You know, if you know your boy Jay, man, I, I gotta draw I gotta draw a theory at all time. I gotta draw a conspiracy. So, right, is this all a move? And Shannon touched on it. And here since we've had Lonzo come out, now we could just I'll just go on that branch for a second here. Lonzo is not 
cutting his ties with his father. They're actually, you know, one thing that gets lost in this conversation when, in regards to the Ball family is that that is an actual father and son. That is their actual real dad who has fucking coached them through every level of basketball. So for us who are real parents out there who have children, you understand that you can't, that's not a fake relationship. You know, that you don't spend all that time um, encouraging your child to be something and become something. And then they finally do. And then it's just like, it's not real. Now you do see a strange athlete father tweets, deleting of Instagram posts. Um, alleged there's been him breaking ties with Big Ball Brandy completely out and his new icon, his new profile pic his new profile pic on his um, his new profile pic on his Instagram account is him as a young man with a Nike shirt so go figure guys you know what is it really? What are we setting up for? Now, back to my conspiracy, because I got to do it. You know, I got to do it. Look, maybe Big Baller didn't do so well financially. You know, now we got to make up a story because we're going with Nike. Now, I don't see the need to do what they're doing. I don't see the need to do what they're doing, but I think the move is obvious. You know, break ties with dad. You know, dad has a gag order. But LeVar's in on it all. LeVar's in on every bit of it. So, Jonathan, man, do you think there's any legs, any type of legs to that? Um, I don't know. Well, as far as Lonzo going to, to Nike, I mean, I, I mean, I've been, I mean, ever, ever since I, I was reading the story this afternoon, I mean, I've been, well, I mean, hopefully my supervisor doesn't hear this podcast, but I mean, I've been Googling like crazy to see if there's any ties between Lonzo and Nike. And it doesn't seem like there is. So, you no, know, the, uh, I mean, Winhurst, 710, you must have, uh, when I was leaving uh, work at about four o'clock, uh, 710, Brian Winhurst uh, was saying that Lonzo's account, now we probably should check Lonzo's Instagram. Um, let me see if I could do this. Um, but his Instagram profile now has Lonzo with a uh, Nike shirt on. So no, I uh, that, that, mm-hmm. go ahead. Um, but you know what though? I mean, I I, I mean it's it's it, it, I'm sorry, I'm kind of a little uh, losing my 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 train of thought, but it's. <laughs> It's it's more it's more for me like it's more like self promoting like, hey Nike I'm available, come check me out. Mm. You know I'm not with Big Baller Brand anymore. So that that's where I see it because I mean, I mean I've tried to I tried googling all types of different ways Lonzo Ball Nike oh, yeah. Nike Lonzo. It's a baby uh, pick. It's a it's baby a, pick. It, it, it's, it's a baby. It's a baby pick of him. It's a baby pick of him. But that's Nike something shirt. that he did on his own. And if you, it, it, you know, the interesting thing that, the interesting thing about that too is, you know, I think there's there's a lot of, uh, 
there's a lot of misconception. I mean, because this just happened. Remember, I mean, he was he was the face of big baller brand. Well, what I mean by the face, but he was the first athlete that was technically endorsed by big baller brand. You know, the Zoe twos. You know, all the. I mean, which the shoes. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. They actually did look pretty fresh. <laughs> they actually they did look right. Fresh. They were all right. Yeah, they they were they were pretty fresh. But you know, for four hundred dollars, I was like, mm, I don't know about that. But either way, though, uh, the Lonzo Ball and Big Baller brand, they, they were it. That was the face of it. And then learning the fact that he was 51% owner of that business seems like he had a lot of stake in it. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know what his, his intention is. I mean, because there's always something behind everything, right? I mean, there's a purpose to, there's a purpose to everything. But I, it, it just almost seems like, at least at this point, unless there's, like a, a hidden backdoor uh, deal going on that we're not aware of. But at least as of right now, Nike has not – there is nothing on the table saying that Lonzo and Nike are 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 merging or partnering. Yeah. Up. Well, one thing for sure, when he was tied in the big baller brand, you definitely were not – no association with Nike, and there was also a uh, it was something else. Maybe it was a quote he put out today, but it was one of he these did the Serena Nike. Williams the Serena Williams club. Yeah, what was that one? It, okay, so it's I think it's on a post. It's on a it's on one of his posts on Instagram where he quotes like uh, it's only a something about dreaming where it's only a dream. Hold on, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, uh, there it is. Okay, hold on. Okay, so there's the picture, and oh yeah, so it's right. Here. Okay, so it's his. It's the most recent Instagram post that he put about two days ago, and it kind of shows his jersey up in the Raptors, you know, with all the retired jerseys, and it says it's only a crazy dream until you do it, and that's a Nike quote for Serena Williams. That's one of her. Uh, quotes that she uses in the, in the in the Nike commercials. So it kind of seems like he's he's doing a push for Nike. I mean, I don't know if it makes sense how I'm how I'm wording it, but it kind of seems like he's self self endorsing himself. You know, like kind of like letting Nike know, hey, I'm here, I'm available. Uh, I don't know if he still. I don't know if he still has the same notoriety that he did uh, when he first came out of uh, college. But at this point, right now, I mean, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure being, you know, still regarded as a high draft pick, as as being a very, very good uh, up and coming NBA player. I'm sure there's still a lot of potential and a lot of room for Alonzo to get a good endorsement deal. But at least for right now, it 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 just I don't see what the, like me personally. I don't see what the big draw would be of having Lonzo Ball if I was Nike or if I was Under Armour or or something like that. I you know I don't think Lonzo by any means has has to sell himself to Nike. I mean, if we're talking about being a merchandiser to a distributor, which Lonzo in a sense would be. Because Lonzo, 
actually comes with like, hey, here's my portfolio of what I've sold in the sense of like a, a, a rapper would sell CDs out of his trunk and then go show the, the, the big distributor, the, the Sony's, the RCA's, you know, you go in there with a different deal. You get a different package when you've already done it on your own. You don't get that beginner's fee. You know, they give you, so that's it. I don't think Lonzo would have to sell himself, but I will say this. I think similarly to what you've seen with the Lakers since Magic has come along, there's going to be a gag order put on LeVar. And that's what what you hear all these um, all these rumors about, oh, you know, he's cut his ties with LeVar, their, their relationship is estranged, and this, that, and the other. LeVar is in on it all. They're home laughing. And it's, it's, I think it's just a clear, straight-up move to Nike. You know, just nothing more, nothing less. Just a, just a move to Nike. Now, I don't know why. You know, all indications to me led that Big Baller being the startup company that it was, I didn't know if there was a lot of investments behind it that weren't paying out. I don't know that or not. But if it was just kind of what we're led to believe, some, you know, Lonzo and LeVar and, you know, a small team throwing a shoe together, I don't know if it's much more, you know, than that. It could possibly be very corporate, you know, and it's just not paying everybody back. But it looks like it's definitely an abort ship. But what I don't like that's kind of nasty in this all is that we, we've always, I've always felt like the media always wanted to turn Lonzo against his dad. You know what I mean? And I never liked that. And it always seemed, they always made it seem like because Lonzo is seemingly like a little soft-spoken dude, light-skinned little soft-spoken dude, and he got this big, gregarious, demonstrative black dad Lonzo's just scared of him, you know. So, what do you think about that, bro? Is, is there any legs to that? Um, here, here's the thing with with Lonzo, and and, and you know, I, I definitely do agree with the with the notion or with the consensus that you know the Lakers um have always wanted to keep, uh, for lack of a better term, try to keep Lavar in check. Like, you know, especially it's a great example of that was, you know, during the Anthony Davis trade rumors, how LeVar said, you know, we're not interested in going to New Orleans. Uh, if they're going to trade us, they should trade us to Phoenix. You know, those are the type of things that, you know, uh, you would think, you know, and, and obviously we can't speak for uh, the Lakers front office or anybody like that to to say this is exactly what they wanted LeVar to do is just to shut up and, and you know, let them conduct their business. But at the same time, I mean, this did hinder. This may may this did this did hinder uh, Lonzo to an extent, as far as uh, making sure you know what they were acquiring or what uh, uh, unnecessary drama they were acquiring by not just bringing in Lonzo, but the the whole time that you would talk about Lonzo Ball, you would say, well, you're not only getting Lonzo Ball, you're also getting big baller brands. So all that is coming along uh, with it. But at the same time, I mean, in this particular notion, I mean, really looking at this article, uh, Jay, it just it just looks like Lonzo said, you know what, 
if this is how business is being conducted, I mean, you know, and and I am not, obviously I don't know Lonzo Ball. I don't know any of the Ball family. But when you when you read these articles, you know, from ESPN and Bleacher Report, I mean, it just seems like Lonzo was just saying, look, I was with my dad 100%. And maybe had it been just a family-owned business, I would have still been a part of it. But the fact that this guy did what he did to our family and what he did to our family business, I can't be a part of that. You know, I need to do my own thing if this is the way things are going. It just it, it, because from the time that these kids from the time that these kids were young, you know, they did exactly what Lavar told them to do. And for the most part, I mean, I mean, I think you and I think you and I discussed this, you know, some time ago, Jay, where it's like. Um, you know, I mean, LeVar Ball was right. I mean, the Lakers, I mean, would have been successful had LeBron James and Lonzo Ball been on the floor together this whole time. They would have been successful. I mean, I mean, they're, you know, and from the time that Lonzo was small, I mean, everything that Lonzo did, I mean, part of Lonzo's success is everything that his dad was able to teach him. I mean, LeVar Ball was a failing NBA player. And I think, and I think, uh, I think Lavar said it once in, in in an interview. I mean, I probably I can't quote it right now, but he he to an extent paraphrasing. He said, you know, my sons are going to be successful because I know exactly what not to do. You know, well, so, look, yeah. it, it, the 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 question is always in the illustration on TV. To my disliking, has always been, you know is there's this thing with this small, seemingly slight, soft-smoking, soft-spoken, light-skinned kid and his big, demonstrative, gregarious, black dad who's controlling everything. And this kid, just he, he doesn't have any say-so in anything. That's what, they, that's what they've always been waiting for. And I believe there's way more media there's way more legs, there's way more juice to a story of of Lonzo cutting ties with LeVar than there is of this dad who's guising his young sons to stardom and success. And that's what I've always hated about this shit. It's been nasty journalism the whole time. I smelt it coming the whole time. They probably paying them right now just to go ahead and take this ride and say, you know what, yeah, we ain't talking about that. We don't fuck with them. We don't fuck with him. You know what, man? I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. I don't like that shit. Check it out, man. We got my man Nodge calling all the way in from the ATL, man. Nodge. What up, bro? How you doing? Yeah, what up? Oh, man. You you, you hear what I'm on. You hear what Jonathan talking about. What you got to say about it? Well, a couple of years ago, I said this is probably how it would end, uh, that there's going to be a separation between father and son. Uh, this is going to blow up ugly in a bad way. Uh, as great as LeVar was as a father as far as teaching that kid basketball and creating that family unit that he did, he was just as bad at not understanding what he didn't know. So he needed to surround himself with people who did and try to take on this, this, you know, this independent thing he was trying to do. This was huge, man. He could have pulled it off 
would have been a beautiful thing, would have set up their family, you know, for future generations, and would have changed the dynamics of the, you know, sneaker industry. But I, I think LeVar was way too willing and gullible to listen to somebody who he shouldn't have been listening to. And then once you're dis- like once everybody's telling your son that your father is messing up, he don't know what he's doing and all of that, and then when the bottom falls out, okay, what does Lonzo have to do now? Of course he, he's going to be mad. He lost a million dollars. Of course he's going to look at LeVar kind of skeptically and say maybe those people were right. So I, hopefully they can repair their relationship at some point. But, like, the business part, yeah, that stuff is probably going to be done, man. I, I don't think they're going to work on any new ventures or anything like that. But hopefully they're able to at least hold that together. But, yeah, they, they tried to do this from day one, and LeVar helped them. Not by the stuff he did promoting the brand, because that stuff was good, even though the brand was silly as hell. That stuff worked. It was him not understanding, like, this is a big thing you're trying to do, and you really need a lot more people around you who are going to be able to pull it off. Sorry about this shit. Um, Yeah, man, I I mean, I don't want to fault LeVar. I feel like LeVar has done nothing but gone about himself and being an excellent father. And and I want to stress that because that gets lost in a lot of this context because, like I said, they want to paint LeVar this this big old crazy dude who don't let his soft-spoken-ass light-skinned sons make no decisions. And that is not what it truly is. That man was up cooking breakfast every morning for them boys. I've seen the documentary. Y'all probably seen it too. Uh, LeVar, you know that type of daddy getting up, hey boys, come on and making your favorite pancakes and shit. But we about drills because y'all wanted to do this. So since you can see, I tell my daughter, now if you get me to pay for all this goddamn softball shit and shit, we going. You know, we going to go. And, it, and now if you want to do it, I'm going to be behind you all the way. But, you know, and LeVar pushed for that. But uh, hold up, Notch. I got to bring on family. Um, I got a family member on. This is my, uh, my co-host on the Outsiders Boxing Podcast that we do every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and every Sunday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The homie all the way from Houston. I gotta bring him in. Willow, what up, bro? JP, what's up, man? Hey, who? Hey, what was that? Was that disrespected? Was that uh? Who was that? Ty Dollar side or somebody? Hey, man. Oh no, no. Who was that right there? Lane? Was that Tory Lane? Yeah, yeah. Who was yeah. Liddy again? Tory Lane. Uh, hey. Meek Mill. Oh, that's even worse. I don't fuck with Meek Mill. But check this out. Check this out, man. Hey, glad to be on the show, man. Um, LeVar Ball is my guy. I fuck with LeVar Ball heavy. Black father in the game, doing what he needs to do on his son's ass, making him great. I think that's excellent. He got bamboozled by some guy he met, uh, thought he was a cool guy. Um, And that happens to everybody. This happens all the time. But when you only got two or three, you know, you only got two or three uh, clients and one of your clients is gone, you know, that's, that's, that's the type of shit that happens, man. I hate that everybody sort of, uh, sort of, you know, they were happy. You know, they were waiting on this to happen. They're waiting on LeVar Ball to fail, man. I, I, when I woke up this morning and saw that, 
I was very, you know, it sort of hurt me a little bit because LeVar Ball was trying to trying to get generational wealth. He was trying to set his whole family up for generations to come. And uh, I hate to see it go down like that, but that's usually what it is, you know. It's usually that snake that you that you trust. Usually the snake with the same of the same color as you that gets you. This guy, I think, uh, I think I read that he had already he was doing mail fraud and money embezzlement. I don't know what the hell Lavar was doing, but I'm sure Lavar had nothing to do with it. I'm sure he just got bamboozled, just like the guy at Nike. Isn't the guy at Nike? He he, he, he tried. I think he tried to steal twenty million dollars or something crazy like that. Guys are out here trying to steal. I hate that LeVar got caught up with it. I don't blame LeVar, but at the same time, you do got to blame him because it's his company and his guy that he hired was stealing. So at the end of the day, it's his fault. I hope that it doesn't break up the family. But, hey, if you're the son, you got to get out of there. Hey, man, I, 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 I also read that the, the father, uh, I mean, uh, LeVar and, um, and, and, uh, and Lonzo, they were already having discussions that Lonzo didn't trust this guy. And also that sent from Lonzo's agent telling them, hey, this guy's out of control. But uh, but LeVar wasn't reading no emails. LeVar is a little bit at, you know, he's a little bit the same. This shit probably could have been nipped in the bud a while ago. But LeVar, he's got a league. He's got water. You know, he's out here trying. And I think he just spread himself too thin. And it, it caught up with him. And, and the shit that caught up with him was the shit that involved his son. And I, I'm sure that stings. And I and I think I also saw that he said he was going to make it up to uh to, to Lonzo. I'm sure he's hurt over this. I hate to see it happen, man. So hey man, let me what ask Avon Barksdale tell you about playing them away games? That's all this is about. When you're getting into games you're not really aware of, and you don't you don't have a background for. You need to bring people around you to hit you to what's going on or at least to be able to watch other people and tell you what to look for. The problem with LeVar was he closed himself off, and that allowed this dude to kind of game him. And like I said, as long as they fix their relationship, everything will be okay. This happens to athletes all the time. They get robbed by managers. And they know they don't normally look like us. Usually they look like Drew now. Uh, but, you know, I'm just keeping it a book with that. So let me ask you all, man. Do we believe this is legitimate or is this just a move to Nike? Because Lonzo allegedly has cut all ties with LeVar. Lonzo's Instagram profile pic is him as a baby with a Nike shirt. And he also quoted today a Serena Williams Nike quote thing. Is this just a clear move to Nike? Because Maybe Big Brawler brand wasn't doing as well as we may have assumed. Maybe Big Brawler brand was more corporate than we assumed. Now, my impression of what Big Brawler brand was, was this thing that's out the trunk. You know what I mean? Like, kind of like LeVar just kind of made it up with him and his boys. He got his homeboy, and then they got some contact to China where they make shoes, and boom, they have shoes. But maybe it was a few more strings attached, and there was a lot more investments made and they couldn't pay them all back. Jonathan, so do you believe that this is legitimate, bro? Um, as, as, as far as what the articles are saying, yes, I do. I personally do believe that it is legitimate because, like mentioned before, um, LeVar trusted this individual, and, and especially with everything that's coming out as far as the timeline of when Alan Foster pretty much took over the business, 
And it all and like mentioned before, it, it all started when his wife got sick. And you know, and, and you know, raising raising his two other boys to become to becoming pro- professional basketball players. On top of that, having to take care of his wife who was also sick. I mean, this guy pretty much took advantage of that situation and established himself as the business owner of the Big Baller brand. Because as mentioned, not only did LeVar own 16.3% of that business, so did he. Alan Foster also owned 16.3% of that business. And the only reason why Lonzo obviously was uh, 51% of 51% owner of that business was because most of the money was most of the financial support was coming from him. So, but I mean, but as far as Ramona Shelburne's article, it, it just highlights how these things started going back to all this stuff started going back to October of 2018. So this was already this is already coming down the pipeline. So it wasn't necessarily that Lonzo was just saying, you know what, I don't, I don't want anything to, at least from what I, from what I've read, it doesn't seem like he's just trying to cut ties with his father or with his family. It seems like, you know what, we tried doing the business. We hired, we, we hired someone that we thought we can trust and it pretty much took the business down with him, so now I have to take care of what's left of my brand and continue on. At least that's how I feel that Lonzo, it seems like that's what's, what's going on because it doesn't, there's no indication that it's an estranged relationship or, or it doesn't seem like there's bad blood between LeVar, his brothers, or his family, you know, against him. It just seems like, you know what, business didn't go the way it was we were expecting it to go, and we're just going to have to move forward. Notch, is this a move to Nike, or did this did this shit really fall apart? Is all the other shit coincidental? And does does Lonzo really have smoke with his pops, or is that all bullshit too? Well, I mean, just imagine the situation, man. If if you thought something was running foul and you tried to hit your dad to it, but he wasn't listening to you, then yeah, there's gonna be a little problem. But we don't know them well enough to know if this is like something to where. They don't speak for a month and then they move on and they got their old relationship back. So I mean, this can We're be talking a big about deal. One point five million now. Now with one point million, one point five making our talk to Fox. Hold on, hold on, hold on, before you throw me off a thought. Like this could this could be a big deal or it could not. That's based on what kind of relationship they have, how forgiving he is, how much he respects what you know Lavar did for him growing up and everything else. How much he looks up to that dude as a man. So you know that that that's one thing. Uh, as far as the Nike thing, like, no, nah, I don't think we need to get into like vast conspiracies of Nike trying to ruin the business. No, nah, it was a it was a business model that was really, really, really thin on how it was going to work. Like everything had to go perfect for it to work because you're going against monopoly. So if he could have pulled it off, this would have been one of the greatest, you know, American business stories you ever heard. So I was rooting for the dude, but you know the chances were slim. So it could have, no matter what, anything could have gone wrong from shipping to production or whatever that could have caused this business to suffer. And at that point, Lonzo's the hottest free agent on the market, and of course Nike's gonna come in, you know, with a big offer. But no, I wouldn't say that Nike orchestrated this or not, because as much as they want Lonzo, they don't need Lonzo bad enough to, you know what I mean, do something like that. Because they know what the market is. Willow, 
was is it is it all a smokescreen because Big Baller Brand just failed and they were overly invested? What seemed like a startup company to me? What seemed like Lavar just got a few of his friends and said, "Hey, y'all want to get with me and make these my own shoes?" Maybe it was I have way more investments than we assumed. Maybe it was far more corporate corporately involved than we assumed. Well, we'll we'll know that by lawsuits and by people speaking to the media who who lost money. But if that's the case, we'll know that pretty soon because there's gonna be some upset people making statements or doing press conferences. But overall, Lavar is a mouthpiece dude. He mouthpieced the whole media. The media hated him, but had to have him on every day because he was good TV, good radio, and they knew they would get raised. So he ran upon a dude who, to me, probably was a mouthpiece hustler to the same degree, but probably was a little better with it and was able to get LeVar out there a little bit. And, and LeVar trusted this dude way too much without betting him good enough. And that doesn't seem like something LeVar would do. But, like, I, I, I just want to also throw out – yeah, Willa, I'm going to throw out there again. Like, you know, in the, in the black community, you're going to have a partner that went and did some time. And he wasn't a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. And he's actually smart. You know, and then he comes home and say, you got a leg up. You got a leg up on the game right now. You got a way where you can get him on his feet real good, real fast, and it wouldn't do nothing to hurt what you're doing. Most most cats who are decent cat, a decent cat of any culture – does that for their partner who's coming home. And that seems like LeVar may have done that. Now, Willa, speak. I don't know, man. Just just talk about it a bit. But that's the point yeah, that got me. Yeah, but most of us do that, that, but we wouldn't put them in charge of the money and be able to draw out the account. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's a whole other level. That's what I'm talking about, that mouthpiece part. But my, my bad, bro. Go ahead and get your time. Well, yeah, what I, when, when, when it first came out, that did cross my mind. Like, you know, maybe trip of uh, 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 Big Baller brand isn't doing that good, and this is a way for him to sort of save face. You know, this guy's robbing me. My my son did that, but I don't think so. I mean, that could be it. I'm not saying like I don't think Nike had anything to do with it, but maybe they're like, man, this shit ain't going nowhere. We need to come up with something. But you wouldn't throw your partner under the bus like that. You know, it's, it's it would be. I think it's too much. You know. It, the guy was in prison now. We, we know all about his past, and we know that all of this stuff, and, and nobody knew it at first. I don't think he would throw this guy under the bus. But I also – I think I read, I believe, I heard somewhere that they weren't even really partners. Like, this guy wasn't a guy that he grew up with. This guy wasn't from Compton. Uh, this guy is just a guy that he just met and, and gained him like that and ran that game on him. And, and maybe they are boys. I don't – you know, it's hard to say, man. I – I, I do understand what you're saying, JP. I did have that because I do feel – I think that's our that's how highly we feel and how we want LeVar Ball to win. So we're like, man, maybe this is – you know, maybe LeVar is smarter, you know, as smart as we think he is, and he – you know, this is just a way to get out of there and just send his son to Nike because the shit ain't going like they planned. But if there was $1.5 million to steal, they probably – they weren't doing that bad. I don't think you say – I don't think you put put that kind of negativity out even though he says all all uh all publicity is good publicity uh, publi- uh publicity that's what uh Lavar says all the time i i don't think this would be good for him people laughing clowning you you getting clowned so i don't think i don't think so man i think Lavar just spread himself too thin like uh like my man said that was talking first you know he got his sick wife if i didn't even know it was going down that 
when that was happening, it was going down in October when he's he's been robbing them since then. So you know, Lavar just spread himself thin. He's over there in Romania and and, and Ohio and all this shit, and the guys over here stealing, man. And that's you know that's just usually what happens. So I, you know, I I feel you, JP, but I think this is I think this is legit. And hopefully, you know, Lavar uh, L- L- uh, Lonzo is, is light skinned so this is probably going to take him a little longer to get over than most <laughs> most regular black men would be doing. You know, but but oh, he knows shit. his brother. He knows his he knows his dad is a good guy. He, 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 he you can tell that he loves his dad. He's probably just pissed off. We all been pissed off at our dad before. You know, especially like he said, he don't think his dad stole the money, but he could have did something else to you know to help him not get the get robbed. So you know, a couple of months they'll be good. You know, Lavar, Lamelo, the balls, they'll all they'll all they're gonna all be good, man. I don't know, man. Y'all jump in, man. I mean, well, we'll have to see. Com- Maybe this will get Lavar to focus on things that he knows well and kind of scale down stuff uh, to the point to where he can control things more. And now every, you know, I that's dotted, every T that's crossed is going to come across his face instead of somebody else. So, you know, maybe he can bounce back from this in a better way. Uh, the shoe idea is probably done. I don't think that'll that'll be a venture for him. But teaching kids basketball and, you know, running youth Yeah, they're trying to say that the shoe, the shoe is the reason the uh, might be hurt. Well, that's oh, exactly. Uh, we we see Zion's Nike blow right up there. on the court, man. So exactly. we don't act like one oh. brand shoe quality is greater than another when you're talking about you, oh. you you're producing oh, hundreds of thousands of the shoes. Like, nah, bro. That's that's just people talking, man. Look, Notch, that brings it all I'll back around you, to the me. The big baller brand that's... shoe you buy and the big baller brand shoe Lonzo was wearing are not the same quality. Promise you that. That brings it all back around to my conspiracy. That brings it all back around. Like, really? Like, we going to question shoe quality with all the spring? Yeah, but is is that media doing that, or is that Facebook stuff? Because we can't be putting Facebook stuff on me. Or is it the big American? That was on Undisputed. No, man. That's Nike. That's Nike. That's sad. That's Nike, man. Like, really, where well, do you that, think that thing is coming from? That's, that's that's called corporate shilling right there. So the that's company, the, 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 the big, the big company that buys ads on your network and you have a good relationship with, you speak up for them and you speak down on the company that's not buying ads. So yeah, I'm 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 sad y'all telling me that. So Skip and Shannon went out like that. Huh? Went out like some corporate suckers. Yeah, that's a shame. Well, it, that doesn't surprise me with Shannon, but you know that's JP's guy. He likes Coons. Oh my God, man! Damn. We don't have to talk about that shit. Oh, this man hates Shannon. This man, and he from now. Both of y'all from the south. I, I love both Shannon. I love Shannon for entertainment, but he's still a cool. I watch that shit every day. I watch that shit. I don't say I dislike him. That's just I just know he be in there cooning, talking. He don't know what the fuck he be talking about half the time. He be talking. <laughs> <laughs> and he hates on the bar ball. Oh, and Dak Prescott no, he he hates on he hates on black QBs and black businessmen. All no the time. he don't. You need to stop. You need to stop. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Hey man. 
No, hey, they don't. I don't think Shannon does any of that stuff. Uh, I don't think Shannon does any of that stuff. To be honest with you, you black bastards. Yeah, no matter what, they were, they, they were wrong. Hate black your black skin shoes. That's why the kid got hate hurt. Your black like, pants. That's crazy I hate black pepper. I hate black keys on the piano. My gums, cause they black. I hate Whoopi Goldberg's lips. Hate the back of Forrest Whitaker's neck. <laughs> and most of all, I hate that black ass Wesley Snipes. That Shannon and JP having a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, how you feel about Shannon, man? Uh, I just remember him as a player, man. I don't really watch the show, so every once in a while I see some clips on YouTube, but I don't really follow it like that to know, man. I know Skip Bayless is a professional troll. Like, he made a, a living off of this. So after they got away with Stephen A., they, they got him a new guy, and they rolled it. So I, I can't really say, man. Y'all, y'all listen to that dude more than me, so I don't know. Uh, Jonathan, you you got any last remarks on this Lonzo, um, Lonzo and Lavar, bro? I mean, I, I I don't appreciate the narrative of it all at, at when it when it ends up because I believe the narrative when it ends now is that Lavar was dumb. He never should have been running any kind of businesses. He didn't know what he was doing, et cetera, et cetera. It just takes away from any credibility that you know, Lamar has. And I believe these kids aren't there without, of course, Lamar. What do you think? Well, I I think I, I agree with everybody else as far as, um, you know, it's, it's a shame that this happened because it really comes down to that, that component of him befriending somebody who, his son, his son, pretty much their their boys grew up with Alan Foster and Levar Ball, Lonzo and his son. I, I mean, and I'm still and I'm searching and searching, but I know that this guy Alan Foster. I know that his son is a rapper, and him and Lonzo did a cut together. So I know that they that they grew up together. Lonzo and this guy's son, they grew up together. So it, it, he befriended this guy, you know. Trusting them, thinking like, hey, you know what? I know how to run a business. I know how to do things, you know, this way. We got to do things that way. Let me focus on the business end. You go do what you go got to, you know, what you have to do, whether it's, you know, uh, LaMelo going out to play, LaMelo uh, playing in UCLA, his sons all playing out in Lithuania. I I think it was just more of, LeVar trusting somebody that he didn't really know, he didn't really know anything about this individual. And at the end of the day, you know, a lot of businesses fail because of that specific thing. And, you know, I mean, if, if, uh, from what I, and from what I've been reading here is that this guy, Alan Foster went to jail for pretty much embezzling over four to $5 million. And that's why he served a seven year sentence. So at that point, you know, LeVar, you know, trusted someone that he really shouldn't have. And at the end of the day, you know, it costed them their business. I don't think it costed their family, costed him his family, but definitely the business. Yes, sir, man. Well, one thing we know, Allen was able to get to that motherfucking money. We know that for sure. But 
I want to get on the sub mills, man. Let's rap on that. Hey, on to the NFL. We got NFL trades. And I want to get down this list. And I know y'all fellas, y'all got, y'all got, you know, you got wifey out there. You got the family. I know y'all got the family and all that. So if y'all can't hang around, man, I know your woman complaining. And But if but if you got time to hang around, man, I want to get y'all in the mood. Hoping your juices are flowing. You know, uh, free agency came to pass in the NFL, man, and uh, we had a lot of things moving. So from what I can tell is the lap the trade deadline ends on what March eighteenth, right guys? That is correct. March eighteenth. So how I'm doing it here is I'm on NFL, I'm on the NFL free agency tracker on ESPN.com, and I'ma just go down the list and if we feel any notables, we'll talk about them. And if we want to dive deeper into the analysis of it, we can talk about it. So uh First up, guys, and we just just jump on in if anybody got anything to say. Blake Bortles uh, getting dealt to the Rams. You know, what, what do we feel? Is that a good backup for Jared Goff? I feel like that's a great move, actually. Yeah, it depends on how much it costs. As long as it doesn't cost you nothing, it's all right. But he's a terrible quarterback. I'd rather get a developmental quarterback on my roster. But if he's cheap, no problem. Jonathan? I mean, I, I think I think that's a great move, only because um, what what was what was everybody saying about Jared Goff uh, when Sean McVay took over? I mean, when Goff was under uh, Jeff Fisher, I mean, everybody was already ready to cast him off. You know, this guy's no good. This guy can't that's play. True. This guy. I mean, everybody. I mean, I personally thought Jared Goff was the worst top five draft pick I had ever seen. And look at what Sean McVay did with him. And I honestly feel that Blake Bortles could be a strategic move because we do know that um, uh, Jared Goff is going to be up for contract. I think it's going to be in 2020. So if for whatever reason, you know, Sean McVay can convince, you know, the Rams front office, you know what, we don't need to pay Jared Goff. I can turn Blake Bortles into what Jared Goff is, and he'll be more cost-effective than Jared Goff. So, you know, it could be one of those moves. I mean, we could be, you know, thinking, you know, Sean McVay is the quarterback whisperer or the quarterback guru that he uh, that he appears to be. But I, I think this is more of a strategy move because, you know, they paid Aaron Donald big money. They're spending a lot of money on that defensive line. They signed Fowler. Uh, they they uh, uh, they they're they're also thinking about signing C.J. Anderson especially because of the arthritis issues that um, uh, Todd Gurley's having. So I really do think that this is a long-term move, to be honest with you. Hey. I mean, I, 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 I that's where they, I think it is. And I think they got Sue signed up, and there's one big trade you're forgetting, buddy, Clay Matthews. We got Clay. 
So, you know, we, we the Rams look like they are priming up to make another run at that Super Bowl. Willa, you got anything on this? Blake Bortles looking solid over here with the uh, the, the young oh. genius Sean McVay. Now, that was a good point made. Uh, what's my man's name? Uh, Jonathan? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was a good point that he made because uh, uh, that coach, uh, I, whatever his fucking name is, um, he killed Vince Young. Go, he go, he kills every quarterback. He, he's the worst coach of Jeff Fisher. He's the worst coach of all fucking times. Luckily, he got lucky that he got Steve McNair, who, who was, was good despite his, his sorriness. So maybe, you know, Bortles, uh, uh, McVay might be a quarterback whisperer. That could be a chance. I will I will entertain that possibility. That is a great point. But I'm Man, not... ain't that much whispering in the world. That boy is terrible. <laughs> and y'all watch Blake Bortles play football? I'm out here in Houston, Texas, so I see this guy twice a year. I, I see him in the playoffs. I know that he's garbage can juice. Garbage can juice. Mm. But – that's but so was Jared Goff. That's what I'm Jared Goff was, was yeah. definitely questionable. Jared Goff was a young quarterback brought in Jeff Fisher, so you could see he could be fixed. Blake Bortles has been yeah. running Jayville as a game manager and couldn't even do that. They had number one defense, running game, everything. All he had to do was manage the game, and he wasn't good enough to do that. He's terrible. Tom Coughlin kicked yeah, him. Yeah, golf was a rookie, and he only got one year, and he's a, he he still he was still moldable. Bortles might be stuck in what he in what he is, and that's trash. He had one good year that was two years ago. That wasn't even last year; it was two years ago, right? Because they sucked last year. Right. It was and right. He only had one good year, and that really wasn't that good. He he thinks he's better than he is. He likes to sling the ball. Like he's not really yeah. He's stuck in his ways. He's probably that's not a good move for you guys. Whoever you guys are, I forgot JP was from St. Louis. No, I'm I'm Raiders, but I'm 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 LA. You know how we get down. Uh, look, man, another one that I think is interesting. The the Dolphins went on ahead and got rid of Tannehill and picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick and gave him eleven million dollars. What 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 are the Dolphins? Where, where what's their thinking here? I don't understand. Like. Thank are the, you. Tilapa to Tua. They take it. Yeah, they take it. Yeah, Tilapa to Tua. They plan on on acquiring draft picks and building that team up. So you bring in Tannehill, uh, crazy ass. Bring in crazy ass, uh, pick six Fitzpatrick. You lose some games and, and you you know, you get the players you want later on. But uh, they take it this year. Willis say they're trying to get that Samoan out of Alabama. Yeah, that's what they're trying to get. They're trying to get, yeah. That's what they're trying to get. Yeah, they're like, fuck it. Yeah. But Fitzpatrick is that nigga. He done did it, though. Hey, if you want to be anybody who, who who don't think they, they got what it takes, you know, you just need to look at Fitzpatrick. This nigga is still in the league, stinking it up. He, but he balls. He's good enough to build ball for two two games a year and just trick people into just giving them money. This nigga's been in the league. He's been starting. He's, he had his record <laughs> probably trash. I don't know what it is. Right. But this boy is out there to ball every now and then for you. Hey, Mark yeah. Sanchez was <laughs> in the league last year. Mark Sanchez was in the but league Mark last Sanchez. year. So there's a lot yeah, of guys Mark that, Sanchez ain't got that are doing it, but Fitzpatrick is starting to get a game. check. <laughs> right. So he <laughs> start games and be a starting quarterback. <laughs> These other guys, 
Sanchez ain't starting nowhere. They both, they both probably the same, but this nigga is starting. He, he's been starting. Crazy. Yeah. And, and he might, look, he might start off 3-0 next year, and then the bottom is going to fall out. But you know, Fitzpatrick, he can get hot for a couple of games and do something, and then he yep. goes the other way. But, yeah, the Dolphins are tanking, man. Jonathan, anything on this, man? I mean, I mean, they, I mean, everybody pretty much said the same thing. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking because all I can see on the Miami Dolphins is uh, when they when they did the trade, uh, all they have the 2000, 2012 seventh, the the two, 2012, 2019 seventh round pick. They got the twenty twenty uh, 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 sixth round pick. I mean, the Dolphins are just acquiring draft picks, and that's exactly what they're going to do. I mean, I mean, they're going to get a little bit of that Fitz magic that that he had in Tampa. You know, put some butts in some seats because they won a couple of games, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, they're the number they're the number one overall pick. And you know, and that's just the way the league goes. I mean, if we and we can look at all, you know, we could talk about the Houston Astros, we could talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, we could talk about any team in any sport. Tanking is the way to reset your team and to reset the team doing it the right way. And, you know, if they're going to suck with Tannehill, then might as well suck with uh, Fitzpatrick and might as well get some draft picks along the way. Another notable for Jonathan and I, we Raider fans, finally a go of old Donald Penn after five seasons, huh? That's that's surprising to me. Yeah, and 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 you know they they needed to get rid of Donald Penn. Not, you know, I I don't want to say it like that because I I do think that that offensive line was pretty formidable at that time. But the thing is that the Raiders are accumulating so many draft picks that John Gruden John Gruden and Mike Mayock, if you think he has any stock in the in the picks, I mean they're going to be able to do some moves to address the issues on the offensive line, to address the issues for pass rush. You know, I mean, the Raiders are, are, are in prime position to stock their team kind of exactly the way the New England Patriots are doing. I mean, if you guys look at what the New England Patriots did, they got Michael Bennett. I mean, it, and, and, you know, and looking at Michael Bennett's um, history, there's only two other pass rushers that were better than Michael Bennett last year, and that was Von Miller and Khalil Mack. So, I mean, the Raiders are, you know, John Gruden and the Raiders are trying to emulate what the New, what the New England Patriots are doing by stockpiling picks, stockpiling picks, and making sure that, you know, they have that next man up mentality by being able to plug in in different areas through the draft. Yes, sir. On to another one, man. What I think is probably the most impactful, potentially the most impactful trade made this offseason is Nick Foles to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that could really tighten up things over there and uh, make that a division that, you know, Tom Brady has to fight really hard to get out the AFC. Uh, Do you guys think that Nick Foles is a big upgrade in Jacksonville? I think he's an upgrade, but I don't know if we know if he's good or not. In that Philly system, he could excel, but elsewhere we've seen him struggle. So I think he's better than Bortles is, and if they design the system around him, at least 
you know, defense won't be playing a million snaps like last year. So, yeah, that's an advantage. But I would say the bigger trade is Odell, man. Odell to Cleveland is big, bro. Like, that's that's, that's a big – that is a big trade. But, but yeah, I, I, he's better than Bortles. And hopefully he succeeds. But the NFL don't have a good track record of quarterbacks who get lifted up by the personnel around them going to another team as a big free agent. Usually this flops. So, we'll see. I went to sleep. Yeah, so I'm back, J- <laughs> J- JP, you on? Yeah, he must have got dropped. Uh, but go ahead, man. So he come back in, man. Oh well, yeah. Hey, you know folks, I think. Um, yeah, I think that uh, that, that uh, Jacksonville. I don't know how bad they are. <laughs> you know, like I said, two years ago. They were pretty good, uh, but this year uh, Blake Bortles sucked and stunk it up the whole year. So I don't know if that brought the whole team down or did the defense sort of fall off because the defense sort of fell off. But if they got a, a top-notch defense like they had, like they were supposed to have last year, I think uh, this little upgrade at quarterback can get them over the hump, especially in this division we've got um, with Tennessee not looking too good and the Texans they'll probably be our – the Texans should be okay, but, I mean, I don't trust our coach. I think our coach is, is garbage. So, you know, I think this would be a good – good. A, I think this is a great upgrade. I think that's a good pickup, Nick Foles, for for these boys. He's trying to – but he also showed that last time we thought he was good, he went somewhere else and he stunk it up and they got him out of there. So, we'll see. I, I think it was a good gamble. I think that was a good gamble for them to take because they I, they were almost on the cusp. You know what I'm saying? They were on the cusp of making a making a a championship game, and you know they just couldn't get that play out the quarterback that they needed. So hopefully, you know, especially with their running backs that they got, if they still uh, if what's his name is, I know he was getting in trouble. The uh, yeah, the, cap, the cap from LSU, yeah, that boy's a beast. Yeah, I, I don't know, he was getting in trouble at the end, but if he everything's good with him, and I think the other running back too, Yeldon, he was he's he's cold too. They got a running game. That their receivers are they're not they don't have any receivers really but they got running games they got what's his name at a tight end they could be good we'll see I mean I think that's a good gamble to make you might as well and see if it works out because the, the only issue the only issue I have with uh, the only I mean because I really like the way you said that that it was a good gamble I mean because at the end of the day I think that's what it is and you hit it right on the head with that defense if that defense isn't what it was. Two years ago, then we're probably looking at the same thing, whether Bortles was there or whether Nick Foles is there. It really doesn't matter because part of the reason why that Philadelphia offense was so good is because that defense really held it down. I mean, I'm not saying that that Philadelphia defense was a top-tier defense, a top-five defense, but at the end of the day, that defense really, really did their job during the playoffs, in which enabled Nick Foles to be able to do what he was able to do. But as far as Jacksonville goes, I think I think all they did was just they got a Super Bowl MVP. The guy has some notoriety. They're gonna put some butts in some seats, and at the end of the day, that's 
I think, honestly, that's what it is, unless they can get that defense back up to par. Yeah, that, that defense is legit. That, that's a legit top three defense. The problem last year was Fournette ended up having hamstring problems and missed 10 games. So you had Blake Bortles running the offense without the, the featured running back back there. So back. you know how that turned out. Defense ended yep. up playing way too much on the field. People started getting hurt and banged up, and then they started giving up points. But that defense is legit, man. And you, you'll see that next year. Absolutely. Foles is an upgrade over Bortles, man. I, I definitely would say that. Yeah, we don't know if we're going to put Foles in the upper third of the league, the middle third, or the bottom third. But we know he's better than Bortles. We know that for sure. Uh, one thing <laughs> we don't know about the Jaguars, one thing we don't know is if Jalen Ramsey is homosexual or not. Now, I'm going to say yes. Uh, now, can I get all of you? Can know. all of you guys, can I get a yes or a no from everyone? I got yes. Yeah, I think I think we know. Yeah, I we, got no. we got it. We got. Oh, come and, on! And, 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 and he's still a real good player and one of the best corners in the league. Like that dude is serious. The man in interviews are hilarious. So you like? Hey, he's man. just a, he's that just, dude. Sound like he's that? Just a, he's just <laughs> a guy, a, a victim of a single a single mother home, man. So he acts like his mom. You know, They're niggas be acting like they mamas, but they don't be gay, and they be, but they sort of act gay. He hella zesty, boy. He hella zesty, man. But, he um, is. <laughs> he hella he's zesty. He's acting like his mama. He acting like the, you know, he's acting like the the only man that uh, he ever knew, and that's his mom, man. So you know, this is what it is. He's balling. Well, he used to ball. He balled last year. He was alright. He ball. He ball. He ball. He ball. So it looks like the Steelers went and replaced AB with Dante Moncrief, who's a who's a serviceable receiver. But that's about the only thing that's no two routes. Dante runs two routes. That's it. Post pattern fly route. That's it. But yeah. the ball's going to Juju next year, so you know everybody else is just eating what's left on the plate. Juju's catching probably a hundred balls next year if he's healthy. Yeah, and they also and they also, you know, along with Jesse along with Jesse James and don't forget about that running back, James Conner. That guy really tore up that that guy really made it easy for the Steelers to just let Le'Veon Bell walk. Yeah. You saw the results. All I'm gonna say is this. It's all well and good to say this dude is just as good as Le'Veon Bell. Then you see him dropping passes, not getting the yards that you thought like, Oh boy's okay, but he ain't no Le'Veon. No, he's not no Le'Veon, but I mean, no, you're absolutely right that he's not no Le'Veon, but at the same time, I mean, we, we, the the Steelers aren't that type of team that are just going to, they don't pay running backs. They don't pay, they don't, they don't operate that way. You know, they're still one of those owners that make the playoffs and they did last year, so how'd that work out? This this whole uh, disrespect of certain positions and making the quarterback, like, get all the credit and everybody else is just dudes who work for the quarterback. Some of these teams going to have to reevaluate some of this old school stuff that they think, like, the difference between Le'Veon Bell, Saquon Barkley, and some of these top-tier running backs and another just a guy, man, that's a huge difference. Uh, despite what all these NFL teams are saying, and we started to see that last year, like all pros and all pros. I'm sorry, I don't like that shit for sure, bro. 
don't like that shit. I, I come from I come from a day and time where you know the the running back was the glory position. You know, Emmitt Smith, Thurman Thomas, Barry Sanders. You know, shit. I can go on and on. Christian Okoye, Natron Means. It was just you know the running back was what all the kids wanted to be. Now they they like have like perverted the position to where it's like oh you know. I can get a third rounder who can be the workhorse and we'll just fucking kill him for three years. Ezekiel is probably not going to have a seven year career the way they're using that man. You know what I mean? Ezekiel, I'd be surprised if he gets seven years deep in the, in, in his, to his career, man. You know, he got two to three more years of running like this and he got to, we got to make a change. Uh, yeah, I mean that's a, that's a possibility, but I'm just saying the top tier ones is a huge difference between them and the other ones. Matter of fact, the receipt, the backs who can catch the ball, that's a skill that's way beyond what we think of normally. Like Saquon or Le'Veon, them dudes are catching more than your number two wide receiver. So that's a lot of value that people are kind of just dismissing and saying, "Oh, I'll just draft a running back." Man, it, it is not that easy. I'm sorry because some of these. Teams found that out in the playoffs when uh, Bill Belichick, who's supposed to be the smartest man in the league, he drafted a running back in the first round, and guess what? He leaned on the running game to win that Super Bowl, to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. But we want to talk about Brady, right? You know what I'm saying? You, you, you see it, bro. You know what I'm saying. But at the same, but at the same time, I mean, the the only point that I'm trying to make is that this is just the way the Steelers. Operates. I mean, they they don't value that quarterback. I mean, the running back position as much as they do the wide receiver or the quarterback position for that matter. So, at the end of the day, it was just it was just to me when I saw that when they when they didn't want to when they didn't want to pay Le'Veon Bell, it just was to me it was just a typical Steeler move, just the way you see the Patriots just trade away valuable assets. You know, it's just to me it was just a typical Steeler move. I'll I just say this. When you bring in analytic guys and they tell you the running back position is worth this and this and that, the problem with that is they're not factoring in, factoring in the runners you're talking about because these runners are different. That's, that's that's all I'm trying to get across. So I can understand the Steelers saying they don't want to pay me. Okay, trade him. If you think he's not good enough at this point in his, in his life, at this age, then they should have traded him instead of doing that fiasco that they did last year uh, where they basically tanked their season with the idea that they were going to show him they didn't need him. And what was that telling A.B.? When the reality was you got a declining quarterback in Roethlisberger who has not been as good as he was the last two years. But nobody wants to say that. They want to blame everybody else. And, there, and, and, and it seems like, and, and, you know, that's probably like a completely different subject. But, I mean, but as far as the Steelers go, I mean, it probably will end up biting them, which I hope so. I mean, being a Raider fan, I hope the Steelers I hope the Steelers will never win a Super Bowl again. But um, at the same time, uh, with them doing exactly what they did with Antonio Brown, with, uh, with uh, oh, man, Le- with Le'Veon Bell, this is, just, this is just them being the typical Steelers of not valuing or – Maybe not valuing, but being overconfident in their ability to draft and replace players as easily as they think they could. Because, you know, just as they drafted, they may be thinking right now, well, you know, 
we may not have Antonio Brown, but we'll do things with committee with Juju Smith, with Juju, or, you know, however it is, or, you know, or maybe we'll just draft another running back along with James Conner and we'll do it running back by committee. I mean, a lot of these NFL teams, in order to be more cost-effective, this is just how they operate things. It may, like you said, turn up to bite them in the butt later on, but, I mean, sometimes, you know, I mean, I mean, it's hard to well, tell well, the Pittsburgh let, Steelers let, that let, they let, don't let know how to this, operate. Let, let, let me make this one point. Let me make this one point and think about this. Think about mm-hmm. how we say NFL teams operate like, you know, a certain thing. Black Monday, every year, we see a whole bunch of coaches get fired, a whole bunch of GMs get fired. Maybe the NFL way is not actually working, and a lot of people are hired and incompetent and don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, we never explore that. Think about it. every year, Black Monday, all these people get fired who they told us to do this, <laughs> and they did their presser coming in to get the job. Oh, this guy's a coaching genius. He's going to look, 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 look. Yeah, before you know it, this dude fired, and he got to get an assistant gig, you know, with his homeboy. So, I mean, just think about that. Now, I'm not saying that the Steelers are a bad organization. They're good. I get the idea you don't pay a running back uh, past 30. I get that. I'm just saying that's not every time because, every, you know, every person is different. That's all I'm saying. Right. So, the so Giants got rid of Odell, which is a shocker. But they picked up Golden Tate. Now, Willow, I, I, I think Golden Tate's a serviceable <laughs> receiver that, that you can play with, man. Now, he ain't no Odell, and I'm high as hell on Odell. Now, we could talk about Odell, but we had just saved the Browns for the next thing. But what you think about the Giants picking up Golden Tate? Willie ain't there for a minute. It's all good. But look, what y'all think about the Giants picking up Golden Tate? I remember when Randy Moss left the Vikings and the Vikings drafted Troy Williamson to replace Randy Moss. Uh, You're not going to replace a Hall of Famer or franchise-level type of player. So the idea that you're going to run and throw this money at Golden Tate, you're better off just drafting somebody if that was the case. Uh, Golden Tate is a good slot receiver, but he's not a premier wide receiver. And the, the problem is behind center, that old man who can't hit anything anymore. Uh, that's what Bingo. I, I, that's it right there. Who's throwing, who's throwing to Golden Tate? Eli Manning. That's the problem right there. Yeah. Very well that could be. Because the Giants, the Giants, in my opinion, I mean, that franchise, I mean, I mean, like, like not said. Like, I mean, Black Monday. Like, I mean, that's that right there should be the that general manager. I keep forgetting his name. Uh, I keep forgetting his name. But that general manager should be fired with the way he handled that Odell Beckham situation because it made no sense to give him all that money if at the end of the day you were going to trade him. All all you could have done was franchise tagged him, possibly traded him with a franchise tag, and not have to pay him all this money and. You could have acquired more draft picks or maybe not drafted Saquon Barkley and probably actually drafted a quarterback so that you wouldn't be in this type of situation. You could have had an up-and-coming quarterback with probably arguably one of the best receivers in the NFL. I mean, the New York Giants, I mean, I I would definitely not. I mean, they could talk all they want about my Raiders, but at the end of the day, I definitely do not want to be a Giants fan right now because that's a very hard sell. That's a very hard sell to let them know, like, oh, yeah, you know, we're trading Odell Beckham, 
but don't worry about it. We have the future uh, coming. That's a very hard sell for me. Yeah, and I'll go out on a limb, man. I think Odell's the toughest cover at receiver. I, I don't think nobody can hold him one-on-one. I think he's a tougher cover than A.B. I think he's a tougher cover than whoever else you want to throw out there. So him combined with Baker, Baker likes to throw it deep. This seems to be a match made in heaven, man. You know, this thing seems to be a I mean, match the, made in heaven paired with Javar's the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns are deep with Nick Chubb. And then let's say, for example, let's say if they can even use Kareem Hunt for a little bit. I mean, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I'm like, oh man, that is. I didn't even. I didn't scary. even know they signed Sheldon Richards. Did y'all yeah, know they, they signed Sheldon Richards? Richards? Yeah. <clears throat> I just yeah, yeah, I just read that right now. God, yeah, man, they look I mean, good, man. Uh, Sashi Brown was the GM there a couple years ago, and they came up with this idea of tanking like the Seventy Sixers. They said we're going to treat this like basketball and acquire picks and men to spread the talent out, and that's what he did. So the new GM that came in, he had all these picks to make moves now to put the finishing touches on it, and it's going perfect for him, man. So, I mean, they hit on everything down there at this point, man. So, yeah, they're looking good next year, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, Cleveland is Cleveland, so I expect some kind of disaster, but everything is set to where they should be, you know, championship contenders in the next few years. Yeah, that rivalry should resume with uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh because by the looks of things, uh, Cleveland has got themselves in position to really start challenging Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh losing a playmaker, Cleveland gaining a big one. Two win. playmakers. Yeah. Two playmakers. So in, yeah. And uh, Cleveland really picking up steam here. You got Baker coming to a second year. Going to be exciting, man, exciting, exciting. I expect Baker to, you know, tip towards towards 5,000 yards passing, you know, be possibly an MVP, uh, maybe not quite MVP conversation, but uh, I do expect to see, you know, Baker have a, a breakout season. And I expect it to be fun, you know. But um, it looks like Tannehill landed – for Tennessee, and that's an interesting backup for Mariota. So I got a friend, and his name's Deontay, and he's he's oddly a Tennessee Titan fan. I don't know how, but he knows everything about the Tennessee Titans. He come talk to you about Corey Sanders. He gonna talk about Byers and Vicario and all these other dudes we don't care or know about. I, we went down the list of NFL quarterbacks, and at the end of the day, he had. Mariota ranked about ninth over I said, so would you take this guy over Mariota? Would you take this guy over Mariota? I mean, it was down to basically the the crossroad was basically like Philip Rivers or Mariota. We were at that point to some degree. This guy's that high on Mariota. Now, it's been some, and he's a Tennessee Titan fan. Now, the verdict is out. I don't know if the verdict is out. Well, I don't think the verdict's out, but the skeptics are out. Maybe as so as much as like the skeptics are out for Derek Carr, maybe this upcoming season for both similarly to Derek Carr for Marcus Mariota is a, is a show or tell season is a make or break. You got to tell us who you are this season or we're not going to believe you anymore. How do you guys feel about Mariota? 
Now, look, I, I know y'all are going to clown me for this, but I'm a Mariota guy. So I, I think he is really good. Uh, he was injured last year, so in and out of the lineup, they had to play Blaine Gabbard a bunch of games. But I, I think if healthy, Mariota is going to show, you know, what he is. So I expect him to be good. But with that many injuries, you've got to get in the insurance policy. So they're right for bringing in Tannehill behind him. Like, hey, bro, you, you're not available a lot. So they're right for what they're doing. And it's up to him. Like you said, just like Derek Carr, the clock is ticking. he got to show and prove. But I, I do think that kid is good. Absolutely. And I think, Mary, and, and you know, and I'm just, you know, pretty much just echoing with what everybody's saying as far as, you know, availability. I mean, he just hasn't been available. And I think Mariota has what it takes to be uh, one of those uh, those second-tier quarterbacks I mean, I, I, I mean, I got to disagree with your friend as far as uh, him being up there. I mean, comparing him to Phillip Rivers, I mean, I don't know about that one. I don't think he's up there. But, I mean, at the same time, though, I mean, he is definitely knocking. Um, I mean, he's definitely in that top tier, but, I mean, he's just not healthy. And bringing in Tannehill is that insurance policy. I mean, Tannehill isn't – I don't think Tannehill is as good as Mariota. But at the same time, I think that, you know, having Tannehill there will at least – you know, get you through some stretches, you know, if he does fall to injury again. Yeah, I think this is a good pickup for Tennessee. I, too, just like these guys, I sort of am a Mariota guy. I was a Mariota guy. You know, I'm more of a Jameis guy. But I like Mariota. I want to see him shine. But he's sort of – he's a guy that hasn't seemed to, you know, like – Maybe two years ago, it seemed like he was going to take that next step, and then last year, it sort of felt like he sort of went backwards. Um, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure about Mariota, but I think Tannehill, even though he was trash at uh, at Miami, he has he could do some good stuff. And with the that simple ass uh, offense they're going to be running, because Mariota's just shot putting the ball. He's, they run a little simple offense. I think that Tannehill could sort of step in when Mariota gets hurt because he's going to get hurt because he always gets hurt. So I think this is a good pickup for him so they won't lose so much at quarterback. Uh, I can't I can't remember who they had last time they got hurt. Uh, he got hurt in the playoffs. Blame, yeah. Somebody. Blame yeah, there we go. So, exactly. So, they got somebody a little better. I think this is a good pickup for Tennessee now that, uh, you know, things are getting hot you know, out here in, our, what are we, in the southern division we're in. I think most people at this point is definitely going to take Mariota over Jameis, unfortunately. And I'll say this, though, man. Why Jameis, would they do that? Oh, well, shit. Mar- Mariota's just... The uh, I don't know. What do you guys say, Jameis? Jameis or Mariota? Who y'all got? Uh, I would say Mariota I, I, personally, but I think your boy Arians can be the one to fix Jameis. The problem with Jameis is not that he don't know what he's looking at. Jameis understands coverages, offense, these everything. It's just Jameis always gets greedy, tries to throw in the tight windows, and yep. that like that's his issue. And I don't know why the hell you bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the one to help mentor him. Like that's the <laughs> riskiest quarterback <laughs> you ever see. But yeah, hopefully Andrews can fix him, man. But I, I don't know if healthy. I say Mariota. Jonathan, I know you got Mariota. No, I would actually take. I mean, with uh, what, I mean, Jameis Winston under Bruce Arians, I think I, I I think that has 
way better, way, way better upside. I think I'd take Jameis Winston on that on that on that note. Really? Well, I, I mean, Marcus is looking. Jameis can throw Marcus, the ball. Mariota can't throw the ball. I mean, I mean, in exactly that. I mean, I'm not saying that either. One, I'm not I'm not saying that Mariota can't throw the ball, but I mean, I'm looking at Jameis Winston on on his highlights. I mean, that 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 guy can play. That guy can play, and you know, and uh, now he's got someone. I mean, just just look at just look at what Bruce Arians did with Carson Palmer, and then look at what happened to Carson Palmer once Bruce Arians retired. I mean, I think I think Bruce Arians could do some magic with that guy. Mm, really? Huh? Surprising. There well, goes JP hating hating on the uh, the American the 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 black quarterback, Doug. <laughs> Damn shame. <laughs> Oh man, Jameis just—I don't know. Jameis, he'll throw for—he'll throw for four hundred, then throw four picks the next game. You know, I, oh, I don't think. Right before you make that decision, what if I show you that video of him saying E to W? Then what you gonna do? I'm still. I thought hey, Jameis is just a weird dude. He is. He is a weird dude, but I think he's good, and I think he's gonna be all right. You know, used to be. You know, used to you, uh, a quarterback would sit and watch a guy and, and learn how to play. Nowadays, guys are getting out there and, and we're calling them trash after three years. We got to let these guys develop. Let Jameis develop like everybody else got to. You know, Eli, Eli, y'all, I, I, I wasn't on when y'all were talking about Eli. I was doing something, but I, Eli's one of my guys. I love Eli, um, Eli Manning. I think y'all were trying to hate on him early. I couldn't. I, I was talking to my wife. No, so I wasn't, we wasn't talking. trying to hate on him. But y'all were saying he should have retired three years ago, and then people would think no, good of him no. instead of what he is now. Willa, he can't I know. Hey. Trash. Willa play quarterback what? for FMAU. I know your arm stronger than goddamn Eli's right now. <laughs> At this point, you know. <laughs> Eli got an arm. Hey. Eli, Eli's he got an arm, dog. Hey, Eli, hey, I, hey, Eli got two bowls. Eli's the the goat killer. I never talked down on Eli. He's done his thing. Eli can play as long as he wants. I don't. I think they're going to be tanking also. So you know, let Eli get his last little thing in, and we'll see. You know, I'm not hating on Eli, but I think Jameis is going back to Jameis. I think Jameis is the real deal. I think he's going to shine next year, and uh, you know. I'm, I'll take him over Mariota. Mariota cannot throw the ball. Mariota can win. I think Mariota is a new one of these new guys that has to. He can win. He's a winner. He can get the ball where it needs to be every now and then. But he he needs a running back behind him, and he and he and he needs a lot of play action. Jameis Winston is dropping back and throwing that, and he needs a couple of years like everybody else got. And now that he's got a real coach, you know it is what it is. Watch him shine. Watch Jameis shine. Yeah, Jameis, Jameis is a gunslinger, man. It could go well. Mariota, if those arm problems don't get fixed, then, yeah, all of that stuff I said is, is out the window, man. Because last year there was a point where he couldn't even grip the football because he had all these problems with tendons and everything else in his arm. And he's not throwing, you know, with the same velocity he used to. So if that don't improve, I mean, it's a wrap. So, yeah, I feel you on that part. So my Los Angeles Chargers, my Los Angeles Chargers, as long as they're winning, uh, looking to shore up this defense. We got Thomas Davis out of uh, out of Carolina. Stick him in the middle. It don't look like we could have got KJ Wright. 
So we got Thomas Davis. So I'm mad at that. Get him away from Luke Keekley. Um, looks like they picked up old old Tyrod Taylor to back up Philip Rivers. What do you think about that? That's that's a decent backup, huh? That's a yeah, good absolutely. Oh my bad. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that's a good bridge cornerback for the end of Rivers' career. Uh, if Rivers gets hurt this year, Tyrod can lead the team. Or if you just want to go ahead and, you know, start to wind down Rivers' career, Tyrod could be the next guy for a year or two before you find your next quarterback. So Tyrod, now his agent did him a disservice taking him to Cleveland last year because this could end up Tyrod holding clipboards for the rest of his career uh, by going there where they were trying to get Baker on the field and he didn't have a legit shot at starting. He should have went somewhere else, man. So it's it's kind of sad, Tyrod's career, man. Baltimore didn't really give him a chance. And while seeing him play, you find out he is a starting quarterback, but he's not a great one. He's an Alex Smith-type quarterback. But he just caught a bad break, and he may be a career backup now. But hopefully this works out. Yeah, and with Phillip Rivers' career ending, I mean, I mean Tyrod Taylor, I mean, that's, that's a really – I mean – Thinking, thinking about Tyrod Taylor and how dynamic he is on the field and what he's, uh, what he's capable of doing, I mean, I, I think that is absolutely right the way he was, he was, he was phrased as a bridge quarterback. That's, that's pretty good. I mean, because that's exactly what it's going to be. I mean, Phillip Rivers is already towards that end of his career, and I don't really see him, thank goodness, I don't see him going another three, four, five years. You know, so, I mean – but at the same time, I mean, Tyrod Taylor is no one to sleep on either. And I think that's going to be a really good thing for the for – the, I keep wanting to say San Diego. But, you know, since I'm a Raider fan, I'll keep calling him the San Diego. That's going to be a good thing for the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor ain't winning shit. You know, I'm a, compo- uh, I'm a very – I'm a staunch component for um, black quarterbacks. Tyrod Taylor has proven he is what he is. He's a guy who really can't throw the ball, and he runs around a lot. If you're talking about winning, I don't think Tyrod Taylor's your guy, but he could be if if, if uh, Philip Rivers gets hurt, he can uh, come in and maybe hold off for a little bit. But if you're thinking about winning, Tyrod Taylor is not your guy at all. Is this what you ask him to do? If you're asking to manage the game, not turn the ball over, that's what he's going to do. So if he was in Jacksonville, he'd be a perfect signing down there. But, yeah, if you want to put him in the offense and tell him to throw the ball 40 times, yeah, that ain't going to work, man. But game manager Alex Smith style, he's that, bro. Tyrod Taylor plays with constant lemon booty. Like, just like with a Mm -hmm. wedgie up his ass the whole time, scared to do anything. You know what I mean? But um, moving on. He just ain't going to turn that thing over. He'll take a hit from mouth, he'll throw it in the stands. He ain't turning that thing over. (laughs) He ain't going to do that. But he damn sure ain't going to take a risk. Just like Alex sure So that does hurt you in the long in the long run. It hurts. He plays safe as hell. Well, the defending champs they haven't made any moves of note, but you always got to check in on what old old Belichick over here doing. So first thing it looks like they doing is they are the cocoa butter twins. That is, um, I guess he's the safety. They got him coming back. Uh, the, no, the cornerback, Jason McCourty. They got him back. Uh, they got they just signed up 2.6 mil, Philip Dorsett. Uh, who else we got here we even think about? 
Um, Maurice Harris. Uh, oh, Gronk retiring. Gronk, yeah, they finally went on and blew Gronk's knees out. Now, the problem is Gronk's about 6'6", and he got all them short-ass safeties and cornerbacks just shooting at his damn legs for the past six years. That's what I think happened to old Gronk. Yep. It's accumulated, man. He's one of the best tight ends to ever live. Career is over, so it is what it is. And last year, he was a shell of himself. He wasn't that dynamic tight end that he used to be. So I can understand somebody not wanting to be average if they used to being great and go ahead and retire. But, yeah, it was time. I think their big move, I think their big move came via trade with Michael Bennett. I think that's a classic Bill Belichick move of trying to squeeze out uh, the last little bit of football he has left in him. And I think, and I, and and I think uh, Michael Bennett is a very, very, very serviceable and very good defensive end. Yep, yep. So it looks like the Redskins look like the Redskins actually trying to compete. You know, so they went on and picked up Landon Collins, brought Landon Collins out of New York. So that's definitely a a big time defensive pickup to shore up a, a terrible ass defense. Anybody y'all like Landon Collins? Yeah, I mean, he's good. He's like uh, Kroger brand Troy Polamalu. Like, he plays yeah. good at the line of scrimmage, box safety. You don't want him in coverage too much, but he makes plays. So, I mean, yeah, that's a good signing, but Alex Smith's out for the year already. What they doing at quarterback? Colt McCoy? Yeah. Uh, what was that boy named Josh Jackson or whatever his name? Uh, that was I hadn't seen him in years. Uh, looks like they gave Adrian Peterson another contract. So, you know, good for old AP. Brought uh, Dominique Rogers Cromarty out of retirement. So, you know, looks like they got some love for the senior division at the that's how that's how low level shit is at corner, man. It's just no good corners out there. It's it's, it's a tough time. Uh who else yeah, we got here? Hard to play corner now, man. It, it's so hard to play it. So, yeah, I can understand him kicking the tires on DRC. We'll see if he makes it through camp. Sometimes you come back out of retirement like, you know what, the hell with this. And you don't retire right back. So, man, we're getting towards the end of this thing. I'm going to go ahead and shut her on down. You guys want to speak on your your team real quick, man? I'll say this about the Raiders. Uh, We're looking primed. I'm feeling good about everything. I'm feeling excellent about this move to Oakland. I don't know how that's going to do for the players. I just don't think that's a good city to play football in. It's not a good city to be a resident. Yeah, Vegas. It's just, I just cannot see that being good for any of the, for the team. I think a lot of guys are going to get in trouble, but monetarily for the franchise, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be golden. Uh, Naj, who's your team, bro? Well, you know, I'm, I'm Bears all day, man, but I ain't even going to ride with them. I'm, I'm going to stick with your point with the Raiders going to Vegas. This is the most ambitious, biggest sports move that leagues have wanted to do for years. So we're going to see how it works out. And think about the city of Las Vegas where most people fly out on Sunday. Now you got people staying an extra day. They're staying Sunday. They got comp tickets. They're going to the game. 
And guess what? They might end up leaving Monday evening, so they might gamble a little more. So the expense, <clears throat> the amount of money that the Raiders are going to pump into that city, uh, that city's going to have to be good to them too. So we're going to see. Yeah, truly excited for that, man. Willow, who you got? Houston? No, I ride. I ride with Cam, Cam and Jameis, dog. I'm, I am, you know, I was an Oilers fan. They left me. This new detective. I sort of, you know, when I go around, when they say who, I'm from Houston, so of course they, they're us. I still ride with Houston, but my teams, I ride with Cam and Jameis. I don't know what the hell is wrong with Cam. Cam might be, he might be winding down. He just take, t- took a beating, but I think Jameis is on his way up. So we'll see. I think the Texans can be good. You know, we've got Clowney, we've got Watt. Uh, Watson is a, is a beast. Hopkins, you said we were talking about tough covers. I think he's one of the toughest covers also because, uh, you know, he's catching anything and everything. Um, yep. We got, you know, our offense could be good. If we get some, if, if the Texans get alignment, they might be they might be something to reckon with. But our coach, our coaching, he's very, you know, he thinks he's Bill Belichick, but he, you know, he's not. But that, you know, but we'll see. Long story short is I'm riding with Jameis. Fuck it. Is he even starting? Oh, Jameis? On, yeah, of course he's going to be starting, man. Come on, man. Don't what are do you doing like here? Don't do it like yeah, that. Yeah, come on, dog. <laughs> don't do that. Hey, play like that, that thing again. Hey, no, my guns, because they black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> don't do Jameis like that, now. Hey, man, Jameis, I hey, don't hey, know. Hey. Now, know. if this year goes south, then he's out of Tampa. That's a wrap. Like, if he doesn't oh, perform yeah, this year, rap. rap. But, yeah, he's definitely starting. <sighs> you know he ain't going to do shit but throw a gang of picks. You know that, man. Over the middle, too. Godwin. They just let Deshaun Jackson walk. So, Chris Godwin is going to eat next year. Make sure you pick him up. That's a sleeper. Mm. Jonathan, talk about the Raiders, bro. I know that's your squad. Vontaze perfect. That's all I gotta say. I was so excited when they picked him up. That's gonna be that. That's the kind of guy you want in the middle of the field, cracking people's heads open. You, I mean, he's gonna cost us some penalties here and there. Dirty player you want on your team, and that's the kind of attitude the Raiders need back on their defense. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree, big time, big time. That's gonna that's gonna really benefit us in the long run and make us real formidable and and uh all that there. But look y'all, let y'all get on to this thing here tonight. Get on to your your evening and your night caps, man. I really appreciate all three of you for coming. Jonathan, Notch, uh Willa, man, uh appreciate all three of y'all, man. This is a heavy handed edition. I'ma go on and wrap it up, man. Until the next time, I holla. All my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle paid the price Want a slice, got to roll the dice That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life Look, all my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle paid the price Want a slice, got to roll the dice That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life Look